Praise the Lord. We serve a very, very beautiful, wonderful, marvelous Savior. Hallelujah. In John chapter 4, we have an account, very popular account in the scriptures. And it records the encounter our Lord Jesus had with the woman of Samaritan. The woman who had had some number of husbands and still counting. And there were so many things that happened in that account, in that story, so many things. One of the paths that we could never get over is where Jesus said to her in John, in verse 10, said, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, just stop there. If you knew, my prayer is that you and I will know the gift of God. Praise the Lord. Because whatever God says, that's why the mother, the mother of Jesus knew who Jesus was. Praise the Lord. She knew that this child was conceived of the Holy Spirit. That's why she could say to the servants, whatever he says to you, just do it. Praise the Lord. No matter how it sounds, whatever he asks of you, whatever he sends you to do, he says, just do it. Why? Because this is not just a man. He is God in flesh. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. Praise the Lord. So Jesus, you know, said that to her. But that's not where we want to touch this morning. We're going to read just one verse from that whole encounter. Okay, we'll read um, a few verses before you, so we get it. Let's read 27. Verse 27 says, And at this point his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek, or why are you talking with her? Then the woman left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the man, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. His disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. Which means before the woman left, they had actually tried to say to him, eat. To urge him means it wasn't the first time. They were persuading him. It was at that point he answered, and I'd like us to read together verse 32 to everybody. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Let's read this again, 34. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I'd like you to put the King James Version of this for us. It makes it more clear. Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. May the Lord grant us understanding in Jesus' name. Praise God. You see, the account here records, it says Jesus was making a journey 
and he became weary. And his disciples said, okay, wait here, master. Let us go and get you food. You need to eat. He needed to eat, not that they suggested food. He was tired enough to be asked to wait. And remember, he was not the type of master that lorded it over the people. Praise the Lord. What did he say? He says, the greatest among you shall be the servant. So it wasn't that kind of master. So you can imagine his condition when these people were sent away. What would make him sit back and have these people go? It meant he was really, really worn out. And that was where he was by the well. And truly, when the woman came and this story appeared, he wanted water. He was that weary. He needed water to drink. But you see, in those days, you need to have something to be able to fetch water with. So he was by the well waiting for food and water. Praise the Lord. Food had not come and the woman came who could help with water. And our Lord Jesus engaged her in conversation. Being the son of God and being, you know, omniscient, knew that this woman actually needed something that he had more than he needed the water that she was going to give. And you know how the conversation went. But when the disciples came down and they were now urging him to eat, we realized that his appetite had gone. His appetite had gone. What has happened? He had eaten. What did he eat? Praise the Lord. That's what we want to find out. For a while, when you and I, you know, as Christians, as we, you know, do our Christian work, we see like the scripture that says, um, um, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should bear fruits and that your fruits will last and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will do what? Grant it unto you. You know what that statement is saying? That statement is saying that when you bear fruit for God, praise the Lord, and that your fruits last, then you now turn to God and then ask the Father what you want. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That your fruit should what? Praise God. Then what's the other one? That whatever you ask the Father in my name, when we read this, you know what we picture as believers? I bear fruit so that what? So that God can give me what I want. Isn't that what he's saying? Praise the Lord. So we do things, how many of us work in an office here? You work for somebody here. So as you go to work, what do you go to work for? So that they pay you. So at the end of the month is the day, you know, someone told us that in their office, payday is called MD's birthday. Okay? So payday, they now pay you. So in that office, what is your meat? Your salary. Isn't it? Your meat is your salary. Thank you. Praise the Lord. And that's what appears in this scripture. But our Lord Jesus brings a little bit of, you know, clarity or depth to it. Where he now says, my meat is not that the father will bless me after I've done his work. Is someone following me this morning? My meat is what? So now, in this case now, where you work, imagine all of a sudden... You are able to work in the same organization. Six months, they have not paid you and you don't know. No, you don't know because you don't care. Because the work. Oh, many civil servants are like that. Because what they pay them is 70000 but they are chop money. 
the one, the one that they collect from under the table is seven million. Eh? And if you beg them to go and leave, they will refuse. Am I saying the truth? Now, so for those people now, you see what is going on here. For those people, their salary is not their meat. They are holding people's files. And interacting with people who need their services becomes what? Their meat. Now, Jesus is saying something here. He said, for me, for him as our master, our God. He says, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. It's important we get this because, you see, these are the things that transform the level of your Christianity. Praise the Lord. In fact, as I was coming, I prayed, Lord, if it's a bit too much for somebody, may they grow up into it in Jesus' name. Because he's not saying here, my meat is that after I've done the Father's will, he will bless me. He said, my meat is to what? Do it. What is meat? Meat means what? The essence. It means my satisfaction. It means the fat. It means the sweetness. Praise the Lord. Uh, King James, you know, called it meat, which is stronger. And uh, New King James translated it as food. You can also call it my nourishment. It's to do the will. So Jesus is saying here, he for him, when he came on earth, while he was here, Everything he did, what gave him joy, what granted him fulfillment, what satisfied him was at the end of every day, if he went back home and lay down on the bed and searched and saw that what he had done the will of the father. And if he finished it, then he would have been what? Very joyful. Now, whether he ate or not becomes what? Secondary. He needs to eat to live. Whether he ate or not, becomes secondary. Whether people appreciated what he did, becomes secondary. I'm laying that as a foundation. You know why? How many Nigerians are here? I'm saying that as a foundation. You know why? We have a problem in Nigeria. How many of us know Nigeria has problems now? We have serious problems. And this problem can only be solved by you and I. But it will be solved by you and I when we understand the deep things of God. The shallow things created the problem. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. You see, we are in a country now where when you say you're a Christian, it carries no weight. I hope you know that. Everything church, you know, someone said that um, they've attacked tithe, they've attacked uh, fasting, they've attacked um, whatever it is. And uh, who knows what next they're going to attack. But you see, the reason those things are coming up is because, remember the Bible says, you and I are the salt of the earth. Isn't it? And if the salt loses its what? Flavor or savor, what will happen? He said, it is then, can you use salt to mix cement and build a house? Can you use salt for any other thing? He said, it is good for nothing except to be what? To be thrown away and to be trapped. So the only place it becomes suitable is to be stepped upon. And that's where the church in Nigeria is approaching, where we carry no weight. For those of us who do not know, for those of us from the Southwest, let me let you know, we're excited, I'm happy about Amoteku, but I feel insulted because inside of Amoteku is a recourse to Juju. Do you know that? Inside of Amoteku, the confidence they're having is that they're going to be using those native hunters who use, you know, uh, what they call a remote control. 
Now, this is a part of the country that has the largest, when they say the largest Christian gathering, Southwest, the biggest church, Southwest, the biggest is Southwest, then they have a problem. The church can't solve it. They are going to native hunters. We should cover our faces. But the reason we are not covering our faces is because our meat is not what is the father's meat. As long as today's Christian has money, has health, coronavirus is not touching him. He's shining. But Jesus did not bring that type of Christianity. That Christianity is not from him. The Christianity that our Lord Jesus Christ came to bring here is a Christianity that lays down its life. And looks for the resurrection life. You see, when Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. We mistake that statement. The life Jesus wants us to have is not better life. It's not improved life. It's not safe life. It's a resurrection life. It means that that life is a life that has died first. Praise the Lord. It's not improved life. It's a life for people who what, are willing to lay down their lives. They have to lay down. The only thing that can look like what he came to do is resurrection. The Holy Ghost does not alight on living men. Praise the Lord. The Bible says if the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead what, dwells in your mortal body. Say that same power will do what? Is able to quicken. The first work the Holy Ghost is going to do on you is to wake you from the dead. If you don't die, you're not using Holy Ghost. You're using willpower. And that death is not a death you cut off your neck. It's a death that you die to your will. Listen, the Bible says in John chapter 1, 12, 11, 12, it talks about those who are born again. It said, not born of the will of man, not of the will of flesh, but what? Of the will of God. If I'm born of the will of God, can I grow doing the will of man? You see, may God open our eyes. Thank God rapture hasn't happened because there would have been too many surprises. If my Christianity is to advance my will, I'm not born again. Are you hearing me? It's important we get something here. Some of these things, when you think about it, you have to thank God that Jesus made it very plain. He told us that the road that leads to life will never be popular. John 1. He was in the world, the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Yes, he came to his own, his own did not receive him. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Yes. Who were born now? So this is who were born. Who were born, let's read together everybody. Not of blood. So this one deals with tribe. This one deals with, you know, associations and all of that. It's not of, uh, it's not family. Our Lord Jesus was said, your mother and brothers are here to see. What did he answer? He said, who? He said, who are my mother and my brother? He said, where, where then they? He said, now the people, where they hear the word, why they preach? And they do, and now then be what? So blood doesn't count. So the issues of Nigeria, I cannot interpret it as a Biafran. Praise the Lord. We're going to say as we go. He said, not of blood, nor of what? The will of the flesh. Now, flesh, you might look down on flesh because flesh might imply carnality and, you know, sin and all of that. The second one says what? Nor of the will of man. You know what the will of man is? Survivor. Dignity. Respect. Uh, remembrance. How can I do this that nobody will know? The will of man is natural. It's not bad. The song we sang says, uh, deliver us from our intellectual mentality. That's will of man. Oh. So it says, this new birth cancels all of this. And then we become a people, what? Born of the will of God. I cannot 
be born a human being and then grow a monkey. If the birth took place, as I grow, what will continue to manifest? The desire to do only God's will. When a people find themselves where the will of God is only interesting to them when it coincides with their will, there's an issue. They will never make an impact. America is what America is today because the founding fathers were believers. We are born again Christians. None of them tried to carve out land for their generations to come. What they said was that they set in place righteousness and justice for all. They put in a constitution where every man will be respected. It says, you know, everyone has this individual right as a human being. They were representatives of God. Now, to do the will of God, somebody does not actually have to be born again. I hope you know that. Some do it unknowingly. It says, wherever justice is carried out, it's God's will. It says the foundation of his throne are what? Righteousness and justice. Where somebody judges right, he's doing God's will. Where somebody judges wrong, whether he fasted and prayed for 75 days before that day, he's doing the devil's will. Praise the Lord. So I'm talking about Nigeria. We are a bunch of people who go to God's house, but our meat is not his meat. Listen deep into the hearts of men of God. Listen to the children of God. Listen to churchgoers. Listen to businessmen. You see that in their mouth, there is nothing about God's will and finishing it. It's all about the will of man. And that's why our country can be where it is. You know why? The people who are trying to subdue us, there's Islamization, whether you like it or not. Simply look at all the offices in Nigeria. And if these offices are being occupied just by Muslims who are first class brains, who had, you know, seven A's. I know many of you have seven A's. So now you look like you have seven A's. You know, who were top in their class. I can understand. But when you bring somebody who failed English to be chief justice, who does not understand technicality, that I understand with law 101 that I did in class one only. The weight of that course was three, three credit load. But from it, at least I know. Do you understand what I'm saying? If those are the people that are put as head over hot brains, then you know that there is, is Islamization. If mediocrity is being sustained in the glaring, you know, clarity of failure, just that the only reason is that an office becomes empty. They cannot fill it up until they find somebody who knocks his head on the ground. We have a problem. But that problem is simple. We that are the children of light are not pursuing the will of the God of light. But the children of darkness are pursuing the will of darkness. When those people act, they don't act for personal reasons. That statement that some Christians foolishly join them to say, inshallah, is what they act for. That's what guides everything they do. So when they disagree, until where it comes to a decision between what their Allah wants and what is right, you see them do what their Allah wants. Because they understand their meat is to do the will of their whatever. But we that are believers, our meat is to prosper. Our meat to, is to be in the office. Ah, our man, they there. Now, let me tell you something. This problem didn't start today. See, corruption is not on one side, though. Praise the Lord. It's everywhere. You see, why? Because, you see, God, the Bible says, when Joshua appeared before the angel of the Lord, and he said, are you on our side or on their side? Which side was the commander of the heavenly host? He said, nay, God is not on it. We are to be on his side. 
Let nobody deceive you. Say, ah, now our people, now our people, don't worry. No, God doesn't understand. God, there is no partiality with him. There is no shadow of turning with him. God is God. God is holy. Holy, holy, holy. Praise the Lord. God doesn't show partiality. He's not like a man. He's not a man. So what am I saying? This is the foundation of our birth. And let me tell you, let's not say that was Jesus. Because everything Jesus was while he was on the earth, that is who you and I are. Doesn't the Bible say to you and I, I have been crucified with Christ. Is that what we say? So I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, what? I live. Never, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet what? Not I. But who is now living? But Christ lives in me. So when we say, don't say that is Christ. His level is different. Your level is Christ. People of God, let me try and just be breaking it down anyhow. Just in case I'm not able to. Is this. You remember as children. Eh? How children will go out and play football. If they found football. Or play an empty tin of pig. From morning till night. Was there a title to be won? Did they remember food? When they played it and came back, they just passed out. The next day, they continued. You know why? That was what they found expression in. That was what they lived for. Until you and I come to find God's will. What you breathe. What you pursue. Just like he's painted for us in this show. Jesus was thirsty. Jesus was hungry. He was so worried that he sat and sent his disciples. By the time they came back, he was no longer thirsty. He was no longer weary. What had happened? He had done the will of the Father. He had eaten. See, what that says to you and I is this. And I say it many times jokingly. Many times when you see a Christian that is depressed. Ask a Christian, why are you depressed? It has nothing to do with God's will. I even wish they'll be depressed because they committed sin. They are not. The only reason we encourage Christians is they don't have money. They are not married. They lost a job. We are not connected to heaven. When the Bible sent the angel to appear before Daniel and to tap Daniel and say, Oh man, greatly beloved. Was it because he was hungry? Was it because he lost a job? It was simply what? Because this man was fasting. God, thy kingdom come. This is what you promised. How many people would that tap now? If the prophet is seeing vision today, the only vision he sees is, yeah, your breakthrough. Yes, your own now, now, now. These are visions that are coming from the cloud. They didn't get to the third heavens. In the third heavens, there is a king who rose. Our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. What did he say? He said, our father which art in heaven, what? Hallowed be thy name. That prayer, you know, superintends and covers every other prayer. But the Christian must understand. Hallowed what? Be your name. That is it. Whether I am happy or whether I am sad, what? Hallowed what? Be your name. It might fall in that in his name being hallowed, I'll be happy. It might fall in that in his name being hallowed, I'll be sad. But because his name is hallowed, I am what? Fulfilled. I'm still talking about our country. We have a problem. We have, you know, what the people outside, you know, some mock us, some admire us. Those who mock us are those who have come around Nigeria. And I've seen that in spite of all the numbers they read... And they're here. You don't feel light anywhere. It's not in the traffic, driving on the road. It's not in the office. It's not in the hospital. It's not in the airport. There is no place you deal with five, ten people. And you say, ah, truly, this is a Christian nation. There is no place. 
You that are believers, tell me. The people who get excited are those like charisma magazines that just deal with figures. Say there was a meeting in Nigeria and one million people attended. The largest Christian gathering. That's the largest number of people attending a meeting. Now, calling it Christian, you should ask what is the result of the meeting? What happened on the traffic even as that meeting is over? You see people fighting. Why is that so? Because this very statement of our Lord Jesus has not been understood. What people think is the meat of the Christian is the blessing. The blessing is not the meat. God said to Moses, I will allow you to go with an angel. He's going to lead you into Canaan. Canaan represented the blessing. But he says, I cannot go with you. So I won't go with you. He said, you're stiff-necked people. So I won't go with you. Until Moses said, no, Lord. You know what Moses said? Moses said, no, Lord. He said, Moses didn't say, if you don't go with us, we won't be blessed. That's not what Moses said. Moses said, if you don't go with us, how will they know we are different? That's what people miss. Blessing does not differentiate you. If God blesses you now, I like us. If God gets me a Rolls Royce, will it be only believers that drive Rolls Royce? I will join the leagues of, you know, Oboni people, stealing politicians, you know, kidnappers, high-level kidnappers. I'll just join their league to drive Rolls Royce. It won't differentiate me. But Moses said, how will they know that we are different? What we are talking about is where you get to the point where they know you're different. That's what Christians should hunger for. It's not what makes you blend in. I think it was last Sunday that I was saying, we don't understand what idolatry is. Idolatry is desiring what is in your neighborhood. When Israel said to God, give us a king like other nations. There's nothing wrong with having a king. But if that desire is coming because you peeped into your neighborhood, say don't go and worship their gods. What catches their attention should not catch your attention. What am I saying today, brothers and sisters? I'm saying that we have to bring ourselves back to where we can solve this problem that is right before our eyes. Things are getting worse by the day. And the solution will still come from children of light. It will come from you and I. Because God is more than able and he can save by many or by few. Don't be intimidated and don't be you know, depressed because you see small number. Or be intimidated because you see large number. God is able to save by many or by few. All you and I need to understand is that God is looking for those who know him. The Bible says those who know their God. What will happen? They will be strong and carry out great exploits. How many people did it take to make Nebuchadnezzar declare that God alone is to be worshipped? Just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In what we are learning now, let me tell you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the type of Christians that they'll be calling everywhere to share their testimonies. You know that? They were in the Federal Executive Council. Now, now, imagine... Such a person comes to their bishop or Jew today and say, Bishop or daddy, they want us to do something in the office. But, Bishop, I'm ready to die. God forbid. How will you die? You shall not die, but you shall live. Abba. What, what did they say you should do? They just said I should compromise here and here. The man will think of. Missing such a great man in his church. Say, well, you know, sometimes you have to apply wisdom. God didn't put you there to just die in that office like that. Do you know what I'm saying? So just, just bow. Huh? Is every day you bow? 
Just bow. Just bow. After you bow, you get up. Uh, we fall down and we get up. That's it. That's it. Why? Because we are not looking to God's glory. Let me say something to us here again. If you don't know, if I have not communicated to you, this to you in this church, God is jealous. God made us like him. God feels like us. God is jealous. And he compares his jealousy like the jealousy of a husband. God is jealous. So it's not so much the action. It's why will you do that to me? Why will you do that to me? For all that I am to you. Why will you do that to me? God is Every day God is watching us to see whether we will stand for him. But God sees Christians bowing for anything. We bow for car. We bow for money. We bow for job. We bow for the praise of men. We bow in fear. We bow. We cow, you know, we, we just do things. And heaven is looking. And we are expecting him to intervene. How can he intervene? He's not finding anybody. My prayer is that he will find you. In the name of Jesus. My prayer is that he will find somebody. Come with me to First Kings 16, please. First Kings 16 from 29. I'm going to, you know, give you a background. First Kings 16, yes. It says in the 38th year, in the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, the son of Omri, became king over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. Now Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord, more than all who were before him. If you go home, please, you can read the three previous chapters before this. You'll see what is going on here. 31. And it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethibal, Ethbal, king of the Sidonians. And he went and served Baal and worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. In his days, Hell of Bethel built Jericho. He laid his foundation with Abiram, his first son. And with his youngest son, Shegu, he set up his gates. According to the word of the Lord, which he has spoken through Joshua, the son of Nun. Now, the Bible says all this. And then in chapter 17, verse 1, where we know very well. And the Bible says what? And Elijah, what? The Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain this is, except at my word. Praise the Lord. Look at me. What provoked Ahab's entrance into the palace? Who even knows? Elijah? Sorry, Elijah's entrance. Who even knows? Elijah must have been some person who had access. Because it's not easy to approach the king those days. It's not easy. But whatever it was, I want you to look at that verse 1. Let's read it to everybody. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain this is, except at my word. Full stop. What is happening here? A man who was dwelling in a city, in a country, just like us, was observing things, reading the news, looking at the wickedness of men, the injustices, the greed, you know, the the killing of innocent people, the rascality of those that are in power, the insensitivities, and looking at it. And after a time, he couldn't hold it. On Friday, you know, at the throne room, We saw that the Bible says, Elijah prayed what? Intensely, that there will not be rain. Who knows how long? 
He was grieved and he was, you know, standing before God. And all of a sudden he appears and says, there shall be no rain. I want to ask you, what provoked Elijah? Did he lose his land? What provoked Elijah? Did anything happen to him personally? Was he at risk in any way? Is there anything wrong with his family? Did he touch even his congregation? But what happened is this. A man who is in tune with God. The Bible says, part of what we read says, this man did more to provoke the Lord to anger more than any other king before him. Can God have you feel what he feels? Or you only feel what you feel? That's Christianity. Listen, listen. We are called many names in the Bible. We are, you know, servants of God. We are born slaves and we are all of that. But our place is as born again Christians is what? As children. And as we mature, we become what? Sons of God. One thing that distinguishes a son from any other person in the family is that what the father wants ultimately, the son wants. You know why? 70 years, 100 years. The father won't be there. It will be the son's own. The inheritance is his. When the burden of the father is not your burden, you may be in the house. But check whether sonship is there. God was being provoked in heaven. And Elijah was being stirred up. We hear nothing to say that his personal situation was at risk. But he just said, enough is enough. At the risk, in fact, if you read that story and meditate on it, you see that he had no, no what? Exit strategy. He had no exit strategy. He went there, declared what he declared, except at my word. Even though if they're killed him, that means they'll never, there would be no rain up to you today. But it was God that said to him after he spoke, he said, okay, get away, go and hide somewhere. This is a man who understands what it means to have the heart of God, to Carry the burden of the Lord. To be a Christian. Those are the people that will change our world. Those are the people that will change this nation. It, no community moves forward when everybody is finding their own. Have you ever wondered? You know, sometimes I just wonder. And I thank God for, you know, these uh, scientists that stood there, you know, spent money researching. Who was it um, that invented the electric bulb? Edison. Yes. They said it was what? The after 900 and some... 1,001 time that it worked. Imagine how we would have been coming to church now with lantern. Praise the Lord. You think it was breakthrough he was looking for and he was doing bulk. If he was even selling ice cream, he would have made more money. But you see, people have tuned themselves to achieve a higher goal. That's why the world is progressing. Technologically, people invest themselves. That's why Nigeria doesn't move forward. Because every educated person in Nigeria is a businessman. Even from your, pri- if you go to your school, primary school teacher, after they open booth, they are selling Ankara. Secondary school, if they are not opening booth, they are selling recharge. Everybody's selling. Who is now sitting down to research into the top, to improve on it? Nobody's thinking that because you see, we are so survivor. We are so selfish minded. And it's not their fault. It has come from us who should know better. The reason we have, the Bible says, the, the Bible says, how does the Bible it says uh, through this great and exceeding promises by which we become partakers of the divine nature. Do you, do you know why we have such exceedingly great promises in God? Do you know why? Those promises are ours so you can cease to bother and do God's will. 
Those promises are not for you to struggle to enter. The promisor is faithful. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why those things are there. But we turn it around. That's what we pursue. No, you pursue God's will, God will fulfill his promises. You know the promises so that you can be at rest. You know the promises so that you can know the things that have been freely given to you. That's why the Bible says of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, knowing that he had come from God and was returning to God and God had committed all things into his hands, he took away his robe. He took away his robe. Took it out and began to wash their feet. Why? His position was settled. But many times we are so unsettled. Somebody makes you imagine that they can steal. Who can steal the blessing that God is giving you? Who can stand against the purposes of God for you? It's not the devil. But that's what we are made to think. So every time we are acting, we are acting from a place of insecurity. We are trying to get there. We are trying to, but we are already in it. So we have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is who we are. The assignment remaining for us now is to do the Father's will. Our Lord Jesus made a statement while he was on it. He said, I must walk the work of my Father while it is day. He said, the night is coming when no man can walk. People of God, brothers and sisters, have come to ask us. Do you ask yourself, how am I sure I'm born again? How many ask that question? Let me help you with an answer. What provokes you? You see, fake, fake things don't have problem with making the package. You understand what I mean? So it's until you get to the content before you can establish what is genuine from what is fake. Now, how do you know what is inside of you? Wearing suits and coming to church and wearing glasses does not make us Christians. You know that. Even though we look here, uh, you look pastoral now. Stand up now. You see the man, just give him mic now. Can you see how powerful he looks? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you see, this doesn't make us Christians. Because you know there are many frosters. They have all kinds of people. And they look sharp. But if you look at the way they're looking, that is how your eye will be there. It's not outside. No, no. It's not outside. What you need to check is this. What comes from my inside? And let me tell you something. That thing that comes from your inside is not when you come to church and voice of one starts saying, Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. Even if you bring a dog here, when you say Jehovah, Jehovah, it will move to the rhythm. It's not that. What you should ask is this. What comes out of me under provocation? And then what provokes me? What stirs me? What stirs me? Our Lord Jesus answered his disciples. Or well, not just his disciples, the Jews. Who were complaining. They said, ah, these people, you know, they wash their feet, they fast and all of that. You know, they don't eat this. And, and our Lord Jesus made a statement. It says, it's not what goes into a man. You don't measure a man with what goes into him. He said, you measure a man with what comes out from him. Because it is what comes out from him that is original to him. That is what can be detrimental or can confirm him. What am I saying? As a Christian in your office, do things against God provoke you? Do they make you pull your beard? Or the only thing that annoys you is when that Ghana must go has completed a cycle and they didn't come to you. That's when you react. Do you read the news and see the wickedness and your heart breaks because of the injustice? Or is it only when you have been bypassed? Do you hear about the people dying? 
Whether even Christians or Muslims, but especially the Christians. How this came to me, brothers and sisters, when I thank God for a safe, nice rest, my heart will say, but can you do that for those in Southern Cardinal? Can you do that for those in Dapchi? Can you do that for those in Chibok? Can you do that for those? These are as Christian as you are. What right do I have to safety? And these people don't have it. My daughter is here. What did Leah Sharibu do? That she should be where she is. You ask yourself questions. I'm here now in my little corner. But there are people who are in positions. How does it touch them? What is your meditation? What is your thinking? You know, that's why you never hear me. Oh, that's not my portion level of Christianity. Coronavirus, not my portion. Do you know what I prayed when coronavirus came out? I said, Lord, especially because this is China. These people are atheists. Use it and distinguish the believers. Let solution come from your church. Let the light of God shine through this situation. Not it won't touch my people. What do you mean by who are your people? Everybody's God's people. The father's desire, he says, the knowledge of the will of the Lord to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's what he wants. That's what he wants. Jesus died for the whole world, sir. He died for everybody. The reason I'm still alive is where that scripture comes. I'm not dying now because I'm living to do God's will. When I'm no longer doing God's will, it's better I die, oh. Praise the Lord. Oh, yes, it's better. Hezekiah, it was his time to die. You know his story. And he refused to die. He gave birth to, what's that, his son? Manasseh was the worst king ever because he had missed his time. Everything he was producing was off. I don't know what to call it. Off target, against target. Where if he's in heaven, he'll be regretting those extra 15 years. People of God, you are chosen. He said, listen, everybody in church this morning, let me tell you something. Let me give you a personal message. Prophecy, you did not choose me, but I've chosen you. That's what Jesus is saying. And I ordained you to do what? To go and bear fruit. We started with that scripture. And that your fruit will do what? Will last. Then he says that whatever you ask, that's even, but we're saying even if you don't ask anything, just that you look back and see that you did the will of the Father. You know the joy it will give you. It's the joy of a son when he has honored his father. That's the joy of the genuine believer. So we're talking about how do I know? It's by what comes from my inside. What do I react to? What incites me? What relaxes me? What, you know, excites me? What depresses me? Ask yourself that question. It's the heart. It's what comes out from. Listen, believers, people of God, anything that comes from your side, you can't wait. That's why here we don't appeal to the flesh. At least we try our best. Whatever you do, let it come from your side because that way you can gauge who you really are. Have I told you of the story of a scientist, a scientist couple that brought um, a baby monkey? They had a baby and they brought a baby monkey and they wanted to raise the two together so that the monkey would behave like the human being, like their baby. After a couple of months, getting to, I don't know how long it was, but they saw that the monkey remained what it was. It was their baby that was now going, chokum, chokum. <laughs> nobody told them to stop the experiment you understand what i'm saying we don't move from outside we move from the inside that's how you test if you're a genuine believer what hurts you that's why you come to church we're not going to be monitoring did you come in fornication if you come in fornication and it's not disturbing you continue you'll go to hell do you understand we cannot use cctv and be monitoring you when you come we smell your hand where did you go what did you eat let prison services do that 
We are free born. It says the worshiper in me wants to be free. We come to worship him. If we have issues, we confess our trespasses to one another. We don't come trying to monitor somebody, trying to compare somebody. I don't try to impress you. And don't try to impress me. Impress God. He's the one marking your script. You impress class monitor, teacher will fail you. Monitor is writing his own exam. Praise the Lord. So the meat, say my meat is to do the will. Nigeria is looking for men and women whose meat will be to do the will of God. We don't have them. We have many people doing the will of their congregation, doing the will of their church, doing the will of their families, doing the will that is popular, but nobody doing the will of God. Nobody. And it's the will of God that will change this nation. It's men and women. God cannot come down from heaven. He must find a man. The one from heaven has come. He's Jesus Christ. He's now in heaven, but his spirit is dwelling inside of you. So if you're looking for that man, you are the man. I saw one hearing me. That is what it is. We have a problem. But the solution is not far. We need men and women who... Someone put... Uh, put can you put nine seven, Psalm 97 verse 10 for me, please? We have a nation of lovers of God. Yet evil is not reducing. Have you ever wondered that? Cross overnight. There is traffic on every road in Abuja. Because these people want to begin the year with God. Every religious activity... Whether it's, um, you know, whatever names they are called. You see the places filled with people. Seven days they're in the camp. They're in different places. There's nothing wrong with that. But how come your love for the Lord does not have a correspondence with your hatred for evil? And when I'm talking about hatred for evil, it's not evil done to you. It's evil anywhere. It's against anything that is dark. Any corruption. Any injustice. Anything that is not proper. Ahab said, as the Lord God lives before whom I stand, he brought judgment and he was going to suffer with it. He had no exit strategy. It was God that started making a way. He said, then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn. Turn eastward and hide, I will feed you. There was no plan for that. He just said, I will not continue to watch this regression, which we have been seeing. Do you know, I never believed Nigeria could be this bad. I've been in Abuja since 1997. And from when we came, we thought it was bad. We wanted it to be better. But we have people. We've had more opportunities. We've had more people, Christians, you know, occupying high places. What testimonies are we finding from them? You and I, what testimony do we have? Are Christians prosperous? Oh, yes. Are they occupying? Of, yes. Are they buying things? Yes. You know, are they doing all? Yes. But how many are doing the will of the Father. How many does their heart break for injustice, for pain, for the sufferings? For those who have um, teams that they support, their teams, Man U, Arsenal, and all of that. If someone comes and says, Arsenal is a useless team, how do you feel? You're not happy, isn't it? Some people actually fight. What is your team? Jesus is your team. When the name of the Lord is disregarded, when there is no reverence for your God. I don't know about you, but I might dress up, but there is a sense of shame I carry around now as a Christian today. Because this is not what I read in the Bible. What I read in the Bible is that the nations turn to the church for solution. That's what I read. The prophets had power. They had authority with God. 
But where the church now has to march on the street to catch the attention of government, that's not where we should be. It's the option we are carrying now. But that's not where we should be. We should march in the house of God and things will happen. Our kingdom is superior. Praise the Lord. We have the ears of the king of kings. The president's ear is too low for us. If we get it right, if we get it right, Acts 13, 36, the Bible tells us about the man David. Every Christian loves David. David was not a perfect man, but he can't deny something of David. He never had his will. David was born again. He never pursued his will. That's why he didn't kill Saul. Not one opportunity. Two good opportunities. If he kills Saul, lawyers will call it self-defense. The man was pursuing him with an army. He was running with his ragtag soldiers. And he had two opportunities to kill him. But he wouldn't kill him. Why wouldn't he kill him? He said he cannot raise his hands against the Lord's anointed. Who brought Saul where he could kill him? It was God. God was trying to leave a record for us. That men can live laying down their will and carrying his will alone. While he was doing that, he was not sure he would survive. So Saul could kill him, but he will not kill Saul. You are born again of the will of God. It should be your natural position. Let's rise on our feet. I'm a Christian means I stand with Christ. I've mentioned it here. They changed the syllabus for primary school. I think it's primary school. And the religious knowledge there, they removed, you know, all the things. They, they, made it, they put combined religious knowledge for some classes where they teach them that Jesus is not the son of God. If you go to that ministries, I bet you, you'll see pastors there who knew about it. But you know what? It does not affect the contract. It does not affect them personally. So why would they rise up in defense? And somebody will say, ah, but you don't know the things that are stacked against us. Listen, the call you have been called to is to live the resurrection life. The apostle Paul says, I die how many times? Every day you go to work, be ready. If it's today, they'll kill me. Let them kill me. Because God is able to raise you up. Praise the Lord. I know that yes will be very small. But it doesn't matter. But this is it. This is the life. This is what we are called to. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies. What happens? It abides alone. This is what will bring the change. In your business. In your place. Everywhere you are in your home. Everywhere you have authority. Does God have an outpost there sir? Does God have an outpost there man? And let me tell you. What will trigger this change. May not start at the top. It might be in the park. It might be in a taxi. Somebody who just says, I'm here. Jesus is here. Your will be done in me. I want you to go to the Lord and ask him, Lord, turn my desire. It's a deep thing that we are talking about. Lord, let my heart delight in what you delight. My meat, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Lord, give me a heart for your will. Give me a heart. The songwriter says, change my heart. Change my heart. Change my heart. I want to be a Christian. In fact, it's not even a deep message. It's a simple message. I'm just talking about the Christian. This is what the Christian is. 
The Christian lives for the will of God. That's who the Christian is. Every other person is normal, natural. Lord, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a born again Christian. In that hospital where you work, disrupt things. Don't allow doctors, you know, to misbehave. Put human life first. It doesn't matter. Let them know that there is a Christian. Whatever that happens, they will know that a prophet has been amongst them. That light has come in their midst. You may not be able to stop all the evil, but nobody can deny that they encountered one. And let me tell you the best part of it. As you walk in this direction, power will back you up. The power of heaven and earth, the God of the heavens, will send you power, will defend you, will strengthen you, will uphold you. Why? Because his will will surely come to pass. His kingdom will surely come. All he's looking is whose back will I ride on? Somebody tell the Lord, Lord, ride on me. Lord, ride on me, ride on me, ride on me, ride on me. And somebody's here saying, I'm weak. The Bible says, not many mighty. Not many noble, not many strong. God chooses the base things, the little things, the small things. So you are more than qualified. All you need is to give God that heart. Let heaven be able to stir your heart. Don't let only the advertisements on television, what you see, what is on, on, on you know, a glamorous, you know, what people say. Let those things cease to be what stirs you. Let it be the heart of God. Let it be the heart of God. So the Bible says, David served his own generation. We are not living in the 1800s. We and I are living in Nigeria today. You and I are living with Boko Haram today. We are living with the uh, headsmen kidnappers today. We are living with Iswap, West Africa, whatever today. We are living with all the fulanization and whatever it is. We are living with the bad government today. There is an anointing on you to solve a problem today. Receive it from the Lord. Receive it. David served his own generation. The Goliath of his time, he killed it. Who is the Goliath that have been called to kill? Who is the giant that have been raised? Lord, let it not bypass me. Look at my hands. David didn't have an armor, but he had a stone. Everybody here can get a stone. Lord, I want to serve my generation. I want to serve my today. I want to serve my world. I want when the story of Nigeria is told, and it comes to me. They'll say he fulfilled his path. I receive the grace. I receive the grace. For some of us, it might be just your prayers. Your heartfelt prayers. We learned on Friday, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Maybe your heartfelt prayers will trigger something. Father, we thank you. Lord, will bless you. Lord will bless you. 
Lord will bless you. Lord will bless you. Lord will bless you. Thank you, Lord.